Real people. Real opinions. Real Talk Radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. A promised independent review of testimony given by the mother and baby home survivors has been abandoned by the government. In June 2021, Children's Minister Roderick O'Gorman announced plans to bring proposals to the Cabinet to appoint an international human rights expert to re-examine the written testimony given to the Mother and Baby Homes Commission and, and the report back this later on, earlier on this year. Now, the commitment came after survivors and academics raised concerns over how testimony provided to the Confidential Committee was actually handled. These were the stories, by the way, of mothers who had gone through the mothers' maybe homes. Uh, campaigners had called for an independent examination of the testimony given by hundreds of survivors after a member of the Commission of Investigation admitted these personal stories had been discounted because they were provided in private and not under oath. A spokesperson for Mr O'Gorman's has confirmed to the Irish examiner that he no longer plans to carry out this independent review at all. Some 500 survivors gave evidence to the Confidential Committee. Uh, commission member Professor Mary Daly later admitted the testimony of the mothers and the these bo- and those born in institutions was not given the same weight as other information as anything contained in the main report of the Commission had to meet robust legal standards of evidence. So the Commission heard separately from a smaller number of people under oath. Now to give us a little bit more information about that and many other things that's happening at the moment in relation to this, my good friend and journalist Alison O'Reilly joins me. Good afternoon to you Alison. Hi, Niall. Thanks for having me on. Good. You've been at the forefront of all of this, of course, going back nearly 10 years now. And it just seems to be constantly kicking cans down roads. That's all they seem to be doing. Yeah, that's that's (laughs) unfortunately, that's what happens when you take on this system. And it is, you know, replicated all across the world. When you take on the system, it's never straightforward because nobody wants to turn around like Justin Trudeau, you know, when when the zoo babies were found, just say, okay, release the records. Here it's red tape, pages and pages of redactions, all that sort I've of thing. I've seen the redactions. You get these pages yeah. with just big black lines oh, on them. It's very infuriating. And for people, like you and I have the experience of freedom of information and that you can actually appeal that redaction. But most people, it's just such an ordeal to even apply when mm. they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Then to appeal a redaction, what does that mean? And it's just a nightmare for people. It really is. And But, but you know very prevalent in Ireland. You take on the system, you want what you own, as in your testimony of your story, copies of your story, and then you discover tapes have been deleted. Yeah, I mean, not only that, and it wasn't even, it wasn't given, as it says, it was not given the same weight as other information or anything else contained in the main report. In other words, these women, uh, primarily women, they would have been women, uh, would have went and gave their testimony of the harrowing stories that they went through in Mother Maybe Homes, and it was just ignored, essentially. Yeah, and then you see Professor Daly then later speaks, you know, in front of a, a college of people or a group of people without telling anybody because they haven't come before any com- they haven't come before any committee here, public committee in Ireland to discuss their work in that um, commission of inquiry into mother and baby homes, uh, and then you'll find that people, as you said, the real stories, the witnesses, the testimony. Well, we didn't really see that much evidence of hard labour and nobody really went into great detail. And These are people who are probably speaking for the first time in mm. their lives yeah. to people they've never met about something buried 50, 60, 70 years in deep in their soul. And you want them to sit down in one meeting for a couple of hours and drag that all up. I'd say a lot of them were going home saying, I forgot to say this and I forgot to say that. And 
And, and you'd, need, you'd nearly need, for some of those women, as you rightly said, who may have talked about it very openly for the first time, you'd nearly need counselling after something like that. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Very Bringing it all up in your head. I mean, yeah, yeah. getting on to what's actually happening at the moment, and I'll come to the contact tracing in a few minutes, which kicks off in October and how well that's going to work out. But in relation to, you know, the redress that has been promised. Now, of course, women who gave up their babies and mothers in baby homes did get redress. Uh, there's also mm-hmm. a suggestion now, of course, that the children themselves who are put up for adoption should get redress. And that's a that was already announced but yet we're still nowhere near are they waiting for everyone to die before they give it out is that, is that or am I being cynical nothing no 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 look I, you and I are both on this story years and years and years nothing happens with this story I mean look before the tomb babies scandal erupted all across the world and remember it was the reaction of the global uh, media that made the national media and our government sit up because that story of the tomb babies and mother and baby homes and suspected mass graves around Ireland had been before ministers and on their table. You know, okay, we didn't have the level of detail that Catherine Corliss provided, which exploded across the world. But I mean, this discussion of industrial schools, mother and baby homes, children who died in these institutions was known. It was known. These buildings existed and everybody knew. But It's like anything. You need an explosion or bad... So you need to embarrass them into actually doing something about it. I always say that, Niall. I always say that. I've learned as a journalist, and I'm around 27 years, if you want to change something, tell your story, no matter how painful it is. And then you might see change, but you won't when you say nothing. And it's all about bad publicity. It really is like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't, want to, they don't want to be seen in a bad light, you know, to America uh, and everywhere else in France and, and no. Britain as well. But in relation to what's going to happen, now people have already asked me this question because they think I'm well up on it. I wouldn't be as far well up on it as you would be. But in relation to redress for those who are born in mother and baby homes, when is that going to happen? And how much is it, going to, is it likely to be? Because the first offer, of course, was rejected, which from my memory was 16,000 or something like that for those who are more yeah. than six months. Now, they've got rid of the six months clause, I believe. Yes, they've got rid of the six-month clause. So it doesn't matter if... See, before that, you, if you were there a day or a month or, you know, five months, you, you weren't entitled to any redress. And people seem to forget that, you know, when you are separated from your primary carer, there is an attachment issue embedded in your life for the rest of your life. People think little babies don't remember. So why would they remember that? But your body never forgets trauma and your body never forgets separation. Well, I think there's a cycle. I mean, the best psychologists in the world will talk about, you know, a mother bonding with a baby and that feeling yeah. of security. The first yeah. year of a child's life is the most important. And if you think, well, they probably won't remember, they're not going to remember. So how would they remember? We'll just move them. Um, you're wrong. Trauma is held in the body. And that is, that is a fact. And you ask any medical, psychological expert around the world, the first year of a child's life is the most important and the fractures on the wounds start there. Um, and the one-to-one and the nurturing. So a separation from the primary carer is already damaging to a child. So um, for the 70,000 people who are born roughly in mother and baby homes in this country, well, many of those wouldn't be in this country. They'd be in other countries around the world, America included. Mm-hmm. So what is the final tally or the final figure? Have they a set amount or is there going to be a set amount? And when will it be paid? Because again, they're delaying this and kicking it down the road. There are loads of different payments for, and it depends on how long you were in the mother and baby home. And of course, you have to prove that. So it's something like five or 6,000 for the first six months. 
could be up to 15,000 for a couple of years. You know, it's, it's all set out on the Department of Children website, the breakdown of the redress and what you should be entitled to. But it, that's only the start of it. You then have to submit your evidence. But there's no application open yet. Nothing's open yet. At the moment, what they were doing were taking submissions about why you think this is wrong and that's wrong and why there should be more. It's the biggest redress in the history of the state, something like 800 million or something. It's massive. However, there are thousands and thousands, and there are people who haven't even come forward. Now, so we don't have the final figures. And that mother and baby home report was more like a historical, um, like a social report. It was very good with numbers and figures and that kind of thing. But it's not the true tally of who went through these homes and who died. Mm-hmm. Uh, 9,000 babies died. Uh, but as you said, the heart of it, was the people, and particularly the mothers who who will remember their child being taken. While the child may not remember, their body never forgets, but the mother remembers everything. Absolutely, um, yeah. And, it, and, if, and sees it and feels it. Um, and so, you know, that, that's, a, that's a massive trauma for the mother. But you could be looking at something like 10 or 15,000. Do you know, now if you're there 40 or, or four or five years, you could get up to 45, maybe 50,000. But again, you have to prove it. And 40, well, 50, well, when you say you have to prove it, surely they have you know, that information. Why, why do people have to prove it? They'll, they have that information there. For example, I, I mean, I asked under freedom of information going back about seven or eight years ago. Uh, well, I was born in St. Patrick's Home in the Avon Road, 1963. And I got four bits of paper, handwritten, you know, these things. Niall was born and such a thing. His weight was mm. such. He ended up with... Basic. Yeah, basic. Uh, basic stuff. And I was there for roughly nine to 12 months, I think. I can't remember exactly yeah. what it was. So so it's on paper how long I was there. So surely they, they won't need that evidence. They'll know how long. They should know how long you were there, shouldn't they? They should know. They absolutely should know. But I'd say, like anything, Niall, I would not rely on the government to provide <laughs> your background story. They don't even want to do this. This isn't even open yet for applications. You know, I mean. So when will it? Pretty, when will it be open for applications? Well, it was meant to be open last January. Well, actually, yeah. it was meant to be open during COVID, actually, but that never yeah. happened. Yeah, it was meant to be open. I think during the summer as well, and maybe it's opening at the end of the year. No, there's no definite date, and I've asked. There's no definite date yet for applications to be submitted. Now, just to give you one example of thousands of women who had their babies forcibly taken by the state. 90-year-old Chrissy Tully, who's looking for her child who's dead, who died at birth, um, she has appealed to the government to hurry up with the excavation. That's another thing in tune. Um, but her redress, she had two babies taken from her. That woman's now in Galway Hospital, very, very ill. You know, what's the chances of her receiving her redress? Not that she cares now at this point. No, of course you not. Know, uh, she wants to know really where her child is. But it, w- but it would be nice to get it, to give it to her family even at this point. Yes, yes. and it's, and you know, it's her entitlement. And like, there's but surely, no but surely we don't want the money, but that's, and that's their own business. But, but surely because the government, sorry Alison, but surely because the government have delayed this so long and kicked it down the road so many times, uh, the likes of that poor lady should get the redress given to her family, if indeed, sadly, she, anything happens to her, that the redress could, should be claimed by her family. Surely that should well, be the case. Well, I said to her, her son, Patrick, who's adopted, uh, you know, he's in her life now and they have a great relationship, but he lives in England. And I said, you'd want to be banging on the door of the Department of Children now, notifying them and putting them on notice that your mother is not well. And you represent her. Yeah. And you represent her. And, you know, while she's no interest in the money, why shouldn't she have it? She's living in a council house with not like like not a penny in her purse. And. 
And mm. yet her two children ripped from her, never married, never had children, worked hard all her life, never had any more children. And, uh, you know, carrying that trauma. And, and, and these you know, mothers, as you rightly said, most of them would be all between 85 and 100 at this stage, right? Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And, but now we've got a bigger problem that we're talking about the redress for the children. The children themselves, I, like me, I'm nearly 60, so they're mm. getting older as well. So it, to mm. me, this constantly seems like this Minister for Children and the previous Minister for Children and the one mm. before that, it's constantly, mm. let's just delay this because the longer we delay it, the less people we have to pay because they'll die. And they're always afraid to do everything. Afraid to do anything. Have to mm. check that, have to check this, don't know. Well, we're hoping and we have hoping. I mean, the excavation of the June babies, the babies were made... Uh, they made global international headlines. Well, so Captain Corliss got the standing ovation yeah. on the Late Late Show. Yeah, 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 but it's now 2022 and they're still in a in a septic tank in Galway. Like, so, so why are they still there? And why did we need legislation to take children out of a county council land that's uh, a septic tank? Like, why are they still there? What was the legislation for? I've never heard anything like it in my life. I spoke to Dame Professor Sue Black, who's excavated children's graves all over the world and led the identification programme for the tsunami. She just couldn't understand that at all. She's just probably the most decorated person when it comes to mass graves. What's the legislation all about? To open up county council, the, the government owns this land, and yet we have to get legislation. And by the way, it's still not confirmed when that grave is going to be excavated. So a lot of things just hanging in the air, as usual. But it's typical Ireland now. Typical Finally, Won't the, do the, anything the, in a no, absolutely tracking and tracing. Of course, as and from the end of uh, October, which is only two months away now, many of those people who've never been able to get a birth certificate uh, mm. or a long form birth certificate, uh, you'll only ever get the little adoption certificate, which normally does the job, by the way. But you know, it's nice to have your original birth certificate and to be able to find out who your parents were. Maybe if you have any siblings, all that information should be readily available to you from October. How's that working out? Oh, my God. I mean, how's it been working out until now? I mean, you have to meet a social worker, you have to get counselling, you have to have them vet your letters if you do find somebody. There is a, a tracing register there, but you can't be you can't be uh, matched to anyone unless the other person is looking for, me on, for you on the other can side. Can I get me birth cert? I mean, can, can I go online? Because if I go online right now to birth's register's office, right, and you know you pay your mm. 20 quid for your birth cert, mm. and I mm. click long form birth certificate, I don't get it. All I get is the short no. form, which is an adoption yeah. certificate with my adoptive parents on it. So at what yeah. point will I be able to go onto that online register, click a long form, and actually get my real birth certificate? Well, that's another thing. I mean, they'll have to update that system first. So first of all, they'll have to give it the go-ahead and the date of when this is all happening, right? So when that all comes into force in October, then you'll probably find that the general register of births, deaths and marriages hasn't been updated and you'll still be waiting. You'd be better off just walking into your local births, deaths and marriages and saying, I want the birth cert now. But that's when you know who you are. Yeah. Yeah, what's your second but name? I, I don't actually know. <laughs> well I don't know. I'm still waiting to find out either, but I, I know I was told we were going to be told this month, but we still haven't been told. And by the way, can I just say about that track and trace, did you get that leaflet in the door about track and trace? How much was spent on those leaflets that went to every house and probably into the green bin? You know, but they can do them leaflets. Because they'll say, well, look, we had a big leaflet campaign and we had a big information campaign and we've done the campaigns, which would have cost the state millions. And yet no one has redressed for the actual impact of what being wrenched from your mother has done to them. No redress scheme has opened yet. The tomb baby's still alive in a septic tank in, uh, in Galway. 
and uh, but they've done an information campaign worth millions. So. Sure, aren't they great? Listen, in a green Alice. bin. I bet you they're in the green bin for the majority of people. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Listen, Alison O'Reilly, thank you very much indeed for the update, and I appreciate you coming on the air. There you go, Alison O'Reilly, journalist and certainly expert when it comes to all things related to mother and baby homes in this country. Uh, and she is absolutely right. It's an absolute and utter mess. And the only way, as she said rightly, to get anything done in this country is to embarrass the government. But in saying that, in her own words, we embarrass the government with the tune babies. Catherine Corliss was on the Late Late Show and the only person to actually get a standing ovation on the Late Late Show. That should have been. It was on CNN. It was on the BBC. It was everywhere. You'd imagine that would have embarrassed the Irish government into excavating uh, those graves in tune, but it didn't. Nope, kick it down the road even further. We need permission to dig up that land. We need some legislation to dig up that land, as, as Alison said, even though the council owned the land in the first place. The mother and baby homes redress, of course, for the children and for some of the mothers and babies or the mothers that were giving their babies up for adoption in those homes. They've been promised redress for years. And the cynical part of me says there's more to this than just the average bureaucracy and red tape. The cynical part of me says, quite simply, the reason they're delaying it, the reason Roger Gorman is doing it now, the reason the Minister for Children before that, before that, before that, the reason they're all doing it is because the longer it gets delayed, the more of those people will be dead and the less money will have to be paid out. That's the simple fact of it. So when will you get it? Somebody texts in, Nala was born a mother maybe home. When will the applications open? I've just asked Alison. She doesn't know. It was meant to be last summer. It was meant to be the summer before. It was meant to be the January before that. They just keep delaying it all the time. I don't know. You know what you should do? Anybody born in a mother and baby home, anybody who's put up for adoption, any mother who put their child up for adoption, write a letter to your local TD. If everybody sent a letter all on the same day or if everybody sent in some sort of objection or some sort of, um, I suppose, query in relation to when this information and when this redress will be available, maybe then they'll get their skates on. But until then... Sure, as long as you're not saying that, the better they're not going to bother, are they? Real people. Real opinions. Real Talk Radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show.